Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Man, someday we're going to figure out how to video just the opening of this thing and see all the all the reactions Sean does all the movements Sean does to our <laughs> intro it's I like amazing. to dance while that's playing yeah he does yeah we've got a great show today yes we do yeah Mike Duffy so we recorded something cool yesterday and uh we we posted that hopefully you've listened to that podcast you're getting ready to Mike gave us some great insight about the markets and things but <clears throat> today we're going to talk about some serious drivers of the market, and we've got uh, legendary ranch broker, Mr. Don Bell, is in the studio with us. Don, can you hear us okay? I got you, Sean. Hey, we appreciate you being here with us. Um, Mike uh, Mike, and you have been visiting extensively about, um, you know, what's, what's bound to be the ranch sale of the year for 2022. This is um, this is going to be, you know, a legacy ranch that's been going on and, and uh you, you did a, a masterful job of keeping this together and, and getting it procured and, and across the finish line. But Mike uh, and you had talked about this extensively. We wanted to bring you into the podcast show because these don't happen very often. And uh, Well, did, right? I wish we could have one of these every six months. It'd be great. <laughs> you know, if somebody's going to have one every six months, I think we're talking to the right guy. Yeah. Well, I, that, that'd be great. <laughs> you would welcome that. Obviously, we're talking about the legendary Four Sixes Ranch in northern Texas. Um, and and we are going to have a host of questions for you. So this will be a very enlightening show. Uh, we want to introduce the audience to Don Bale. We want to talk about the opportunity and the ranch and um, some of the trials and tribulations that go along with that, too. Because these, as I can only imagine, a ranch of that size, that's not going to be an easy sale. Yep. And, you know, one thing, Sean, to mention is uh, if you are not familiar with the Four Sixes Ranch, but you are familiar with the very popular um, television series on Paramount, um, Yellowstone, this ranch has been featured on Yellowstone. And it became, you know, a pretty integral part of the last season. And so if you watch that show, you go back and watch it, you'll recognize that that's the ranch we're talking about today the four sixes very cool and what tv show is that again no i'm just joking <laughs> for those of us not from texas that's yellowstone not yellowstone yellowstone <laughs> don talk to us just a little bit about um, how you came across that opportunity of of the four sixes uh, well, you know, it's funny. I was telling Mike about this, uh, about a month ago, but you know, I, I'd heard that the ranch may be coming on the market a few months before it actually hit the market and I had really tried to gather as much information as I could, which it was all a really hush hush deal, uh, in the initial phases, um, and you really had to have a registered buyer to get, you know, a lot of the details, obviously, into the data room, that sort of thing. Uh, but I had the broad strokes of, of 
what was going to be offered. And, you know, I, I literally just went to work trying to find uh, a buyer or a group of buyers that uh, that could possibly swallow that thing. I, uh, being involved with the horse industry, I knew several people that I thought were the right fit for that thing. And, you know, I worked on some of my leads for, oh, three weeks or a month. And, and while one of them looked kind of promising uh, early, you know, they, they, it became really clear to me that those uh, people were not going to be the right uh, fit or the ranch wasn't the right fit for them. Um, and then during that all this time, uh, they were filming Yellowstone um, at the Dixon Creek division. And my office agent and really close friend, Milt Bradford, happened to be talking uh, to Taylor Sheridan one day as he was driving back from filming. And he said, hey, you know, that that place is about to hit the market. And he said, oh, you know what? I, I want to know all about it. You know, he's just quoted this month in the Quarter Horse Journal as, of of giving his experience of riding out with the Cowboys at daylight out there on the ranch and just thought it was the most beautiful experience he'd ever had. And so, um, Milt said, well, you know, I don't know much about it, but Don's been doing some work on it. He can tell you. So he, he called me and I called Taylor and, you know, we kind of got organized. And then from there it was, you know, nearly 10 months worth of, uh, work to get, to the finish line, but that's how it all started anyway. And, and Don, you, you grew up in that area, didn't you? No, actually, you know, I don't tell people this, Mike, but I grew up in Tennessee okay. and I moved to Texas uh, a month after I turned 18 uh, to go to college. And I have been here ever since I, I actually graduated West Texas A&M university out there in West Texas. Um, kind of in that country where all the big ranches seem to be. Uh, and so I've, I've spent a lot of time in West Texas. And, and you had mentioned too, that you had a background with horses and what was that? Well, my dad was a, a horse trainer and not of quarter horses, stock horses, but, um, uh, I grew up showing cattle and, and being the son of a horse trainer. So, you know, I, I've been involved with the livestock industry since I was a kid. And when I came to Texas, um, you know, my real aspiration was to go to college and then train horses and then just always have a college degree to fall back on if training horses turned out to be something that, uh, wasn't as lucrative as I hoped. Um, and so that's kind of how everything fell into place for me. I actually did graduate, uh, college back in 98 and, uh, I worked for a very successful horse trainer, um, whose wife was also an artist. And, uh, that leads into another story, but, you know, I worked for them all of my summers while I was in college and a couple of years after I graduated and then just hung my own shingle. And I had a successful business, um, you know, showing quarter horses at, at the highest level. And, 
back in 2008. So I, I graduated 10 years from college in 2008. I, I came off of, uh, a very successful, my most successful show at the AQHA world show where I'd won a couple world championships, had a reserve world championship and just, you know, I just came home and it, it just, it felt like the wrong path for me, uh, for the rest of my life anyway. And so I, I closed my doors within six months of that show and we started doing some horses on the side, uh, just for our enjoyment. My wife shows horses, and now my kids show horses. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of my background. And, and during all that time, my dad was a trader of real estate back in Tennessee. They always buy a little piece of land that a lot of people overlooked and clean it up and flip it. And he did that many times we were growing up. In fact, we, we moved about every three or four years, seems like, because, you know, he, he did the opportunity to make some money on a, a place uh, that he had put together and, and he would take that opportunity, and then uh, apparently uh, the apple didn't fall far from the tree because I've done that several times, and that's kind of how my uh, real interest in real estate got started. You know, it's an interesting background. You know, it's a perfect background to ultimately lead to where you are today and where you have been um, as, you know, one of the most – and this is me talking about you. I think you're one of the most talented ranch real estate salespeople out there. And, you know, it, again, that background, I think, was really a perfect background. Absolutely. You You've got to have a good working knowledge, right, of, of uh, the well, product that if you're going to if you're going to be a subject matter expert and excel in that, that that working knowledge you grew up around is going to help you immensely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that. I, there's there's been a lot of times in my life where I felt like, man, I wish I hadn't done that for 10 years. Um, and I wish I had started real estate, uh, earlier, but honestly the path that I have taken and the connections that I've made along the way are really what have made my business what it is today. So I think everything happens for a reason and we just have to, we have to trust God's path. Yeah. So let's back up just a little bit. You you heard of the opportunity for the Four Sixes Ranch, and we preach this a lot in real estate about the sphere of influence. Start there with knowing, you know, just people that you you either know you or trust you or that you have relationships with. <clears throat> you thought that that may be, I, if I heard you right, the initial place we said, hey, I think this is coming on the market. I'm going to go through those known entities in the horse industry but then you determined that those probably were not going to be the likely buyer for this. Why is that? Well, you know, this particular ranch, uh, while they're heavily involved in the horse industry, I mean, it's just, it's a monster, you know? So the people that I approached while they were certainly capable of purchasing uh, the ranch were really scratching their heads to try to figure out how to make it all work. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately what happened, the group that ended up buying this ranch will bring to the table some cash flow opportunities that I don't believe any other party in the world could have put together. I mean, I think they're, they're the perfect fit to, to keep the operation the way it is and pristine and, 
and maintain the traditions uh, that the Burnett family had had set into place over the last 150 years without having to disturb, you know, the surface and uh, with obviously without breaking it up. Um, you know, it, it just fell into the right hands, I believe. So this is a working cattle and horse ranch, correct? Correct. Is there something on top of that that this new ownership group is going to layer into that opportunity that'll bring in additional revenue streams? Yeah, certainly. And, and, um, you know, I'm a little careful about what I say here because I really do think it's it's not my place to unveil anything that they plan to do right. uh, because they've got some big plans. But I, I can tell you the the branding opportunities that they saw in the ranch and in the brand itself were what was so attractive uh, to this group. Leverage in the four sixes brand that is what you're um, what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Well, those old legacy brands, I mean, they're, you know, they're, um, when you get into that much history and heritage, uh, as Will Rogers said about land, they're not making any more of those either. Mm-hmm. They're um, surely. They're, they're definitely making more brands every day, but not ones that have a hundred or 200 year heritage behind them and have been a mainstay in an industry. And, yeah. And, and not only a mainstay, but in a leadership position. I mean, Don, they they probably produce the best quarter horses off that ranch in in America, yeah. if not, I guess the There's world. The leader in American quarter horse racing uh, horses, you know they they stand the best studs, and they have traditionally through time stood the most dominant studs, and so that's where they have really set themselves apart. And and a lot of people in the ranching community or even that know about the four sixes in texas don't really even identify them with that because they're so multifaceted um they're they're standing in our cha futurity winners in cha futurity winners also they they stood this year 26 different stallions at the ranch and so yeah it's a diverse operation yeah and the brand is cool you know my background's in marketing and branding and you know, but I can sum it up. I, I want a four sixes shirt. You know, I'm, I'm going to be serious. You know, I, I, no, I get that. It, it kind of rolls off the tongue, though. It, it, it has that Western heritage yeah, connotation cool. in it. You know, and now that it's, it, you know, it was featured in Yellowstone and it's a historically famous ranch. And I'm going to be up at the ranch uh, with Don, I think, at the end of the month. And uh, believe me, I'm going to come home with some branded items. And I know that's, you know, just a small part of it. But it speaks to the power of that brand. From what I've seen on Yellowstone, if you're a real cowboy, Mike, yeah, don't you'll come home. You'll come home with the brand on you. (laughs) And I, Don, if you can work, if you can work, if you can work that into the program out there, that is uh, definitely another podcast show I would love to have. We'll videotape that. Yeah, we have to get that on video. So I I think, you know, just because it's cool, um, I I would like to, here's a couple of things I looked up, and I I think you're intimately familiar with this stuff, Don, the history, the heritage. Uh, I just wanted to read a couple things. Samuel Burke Burnett, um, actually born just south of us down here in Bates County, Missouri in 1849, 
That is the, uh, that's the granddaddy, I guess, of the Four Sixes Ranch. That's the guy that put it together. Uh, it says he purchased 100 head of cattle, which he branded Four Sixes on, and uh, moved those to Texas, and he purchased a ranch called the Eight, the number eight ranch, uh, near Guthrie. And then he later purchased the Dixon Creek Ranch in the Texas Panhandle, and those, uh, those ranches that he was purchasing along with other acquisitions over a period of time, um, those ended up being, and what, what was the, the kind of the ballpark of the total acreage and the transaction? The total acreage, acreage was right over 266,000. Wow. I mean, that's a lot wow. of land. It, yeah. It's so much land that um, I, I had to try to wrap my mind around how big that is. And, um, so here's how I kind of wrap my mind around it. It was one quarter of the size of the state of Rhode Island. Of Rhode Island? Of Rhode Island. Okay. I mean, think about that. Yeah. It's, I think it was like 6.8 times larger than Washington, D.C. Wow. And if you've ever tried to get around Washington, D.C. At, at, you know, four or five o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big ranch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's huge. And with many of those ranches that have been out in West Texas, uh, it looks like oil and gas played a, played a part mm-hmm. um, in this. They discovered oil or oil fields um, on, the, uh, on the ranch, <clears throat> and those had uh, a significant bearing on the, the growth and obviously the, another revenue stream and another opportunity that came out of that acquisition. For sure. For sure. Here's something interesting, and I have not seen it. I've not been on the Four Sixes Ranch, but I would love to. Uh, and in the story I'm reading, in 1917, uh, Burke Burnett decided to build the finest ranch house in West Texas uh, at Guthrie. And that stately home still stands as the main house on the Four Sixes Ranch. I assume you've been in that house, Don? Uh, many times, yes. Pretty cool place. It's unbelievable to think that that house was built in 1917 Mm -hmm. and it's all stone it's a two-story all stone house um a little over 13,000 square feet and when we did the ranch inspection we actually sent an inspector to look at the house they were amazed at the quality and the condition of a home that age i mean it's um it's remarkable what that thing looks like. It, it's very pretty. Yeah. And, you know, they, they um, sent all of that stone out there by wagon when they first built that place. So all the stone is all hand-cut, large stone. I can't imagine how many wagon loads of stone they had to take. And, and uh, how long that must have taken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even the process, it was quarried stone, and according to this article, even the process of just cutting all that stone loading it, hauling it, you know, and building that. I mean, those, uh, in 1917 and, and for many years, you know, those people were laborers Yeah, and they, they weren't afraid to put in a good day's work. Well, and you notice the, and I'd like your thoughts on this too, Don, but the common theme on this ranch is it, it's all the best, mm-hmm. the highest yep. quality, even down to the ranch house. Yeah. You know, it's like everything they do there, they do it top notch, the best it's going to be, best quarter horse breeding and, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the ranches, you know, there's been a lot of, um, and this is kind of not on topic, but there's, you know, there was a lot of bad reporting uh, when the ranch went under contract as well. You know, it was said that it sold for this and the acreage was, was this. And I just think a lot of people don't understand. When you hear the four sixes, a lot of people think the ranch in Guthrie. Mm-hmm. And really think about Dixon Creek and and Frisco Creek, which are they're non-contiguous ranches and they're several hours apart. Um, and I think that led to a lot of misinformation in the beginning. Uh, the ranch at Guthrie is a little over 142,000 acres, so it's pretty good size spread. It's the largest of the three ranches. It's it's where the main home sits. It's where the horse facility is the airport the supply house so the public really thinks of the four sixes as being guthrie so fair fair enough to say that that ranch is the headquarter ranch for the other two it definitely is but you'd be surprised how many people that are texans that don't even know about dixon creek and frisco creek yeah all all in you know critical parts of the total ranch for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Dixon Creek edition is 114,000 acres, and it's really the heart of the cattle program. You know, they average about 10,000 head of cattle, wow. uh, and, and without the Dixon Creek division, that would not be possible. I mean, there's there's excellent native grasses on that place, and multiple irrigation pivots. Um, so it, it, it's pretty impressive. So, hey, hey, Sean, can I throw one more <laughs> stat out there that I love? Um, yeah, about, please. Again, trying to, it's really hard to to conceptualize how big the ranch is. Yeah, to get yeah. your head wrapped around it, for sure. Right. So think about it like this. 266,000 acres is 415 square miles. Mm-hmm. Wow. 415 square miles. I mean that you you aren't going to do that on foot, not no. in a day. No, yeah. That reminds me of the guy that said, you know, I could. Uh, it, it was a guy in West Texas bragging about how large his ranch was, <laughs> and he said, I can get in my pickup and start driving to the west. I can drive all day and not reach the other side of my ranch. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other guy said, Yeah, I used to own a pickup like that too. <laughs> <laughs> so. Don, this is this is. Guy. Oh, go ahead. Say that again. I said that guy had to be from Louisiana that had a truck like that. Yeah. I, I take that personally, Don. Yeah. But I did have a truck like that. I had a 68 Scout. That was my first uh, my first car. And uh, that thing, it probably would. That thing made you into the best mechanic you could be. Yeah, it probably would have taken me a couple months to get across the ranch in that. Don, this is, uh, it's a legacy ranch. It's a legacy sale. One thing that people are going to be curious about, because it takes eons, it takes, you know, years and years to amass that kind of an acreage or something. Why would anybody sell that? And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to slip away and hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a few more minutes with Don Bell and ask him that question exactly. Stay tuned. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? 
unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. And we're back in the studio with Mike Duffy and uh, ranch broker Don Bell talking about the Four Sixes Ranch. Uh, Trina, yeah, this is huge. This is, yeah, uh, is this is a huge ranch, and we were talking during the commercials over the break, Don. Uh, if it takes 150 years or whatever the time period is to amass, you know, 200 plus thousand acres, you know, all of these ranches, and to put a legacy brand together. Talk us through kind of that thought process of why this would hit the market. What's what's the scenario for the four sixes that it's even being presented to the market prior to sale? Well, Miss Ann Marion, who was the great granddaughter of Samuel Burke Burnett, passed away. And when she passed away, it was uh, she had determined before her death that the ranches would be sold. Though, mm-hmm. so after everything went through probate, which took, you know, almost two years, um, there were a group of trustees that were determined before her death uh, to oversee this transaction. And the head of uh, that group was Niels Agather in Fort Worth. And he has been involved with Burnett Oil and he was a close friend of Miss Marion's for many years. And so Niels was um, responsible for heading up that project. You know, otherwise, the, the Burnett family, if there were enough family members uh, in her family to keep this ranch in, in her family, I don't think it would have ever come to market. Yeah. How, how many... Who's still in the Burnett family? Miss Ann did have a daughter. Okay. Gotcha. And, and daughter still is involved with a lot of the Burnett oil and a lot of the stuff. She was, she was, uh, and still is involved, but she was never really involved in the, in the ranching industry. 
Very good. Did they uh, did they sell that surface it, when they sold the ranch? Did the oil and gas minerals go with that, or did they keep that separate from the ranch? A portion of the mineral estate did convey. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there's still so, some still some oil and gas operations to be managed after the fact. There are, but uh, Miss Ann was very adamant, and and her predecessors before were very adamant about not having a lot of production on the Guthrie uh, location. They really loved the pristine landscape uh, that you see today. When you go there, you do not see any oil and gas wells from the roads. Uh, There was a portion of, you know, probably roughly 70,000 acres that was contiguous to the Guthrie location that the Burnett family did sell, uh, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years ago. And T Boone Pickens actually bought that. Now the majority of, of that property had a lot of oil and gas production on it. Mm -hmm. And it, the topography of that portion of the ranch was really, really rough and rocky and it was not good for grazing. It was not, um, good to gather cattle on, uh, there's a big creek called Croton Creek that runs through there. And I mean, it literally has some bluffs in some places that are well over a hundred feet, uh, deep. So a lot of the oil and gas production that did convey with the Guthrie location, uh, is still kind of tied into that portion of the wreck. Well, some of those ranches out there, if the highest and best use of that ranch is oil and gas production, is probably not going to have the most attractive the terrain, thing. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. So here's a question. Um, post-sale, now that the, uh, let's say the smoke's clearing on the four sixes ranch sale, and um, what is, what's the next step for um, a guy like Don Bell? You're, you're a ranch broker. You've had a very successful auction, or excuse me, an auction. I'm an auctioneer talking. You've had a very successful sale where you've represented the buyers on this. And not to get into too much detail about maybe the specifics, but how do you, what, what do you do with that? I mean, how do you leverage that experience of that opportunity in the marketplace? Well, we're doing the best we can to take advantage of that. I think in the next uh, 12 months, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be doing incremental things every month to kind of announce that to the public. Uh, uniquely with this transaction, the four sixes is probably going to kind of be in the public space uh, for a number of years going forward. So we'll get some uh, indirect residual um awareness back from that i think yeah and um you know for me you, you know what we close that thing uh, i've got a lot of friends that are like well you're gonna take a month off right well no i mean i'm busier now than yeah. i was before you know we're we're trying to ride the wave and and i'm always looking for the next um next big thing and you know i, I really enjoy the search for those properties and those people that would need our services. And so there's no slow down time on my end at all. Yeah. <clears throat> Still a lot of interest in ranches, Don, that market's been on fire. We, uh, we, 
you know, I'm, I work with you and UC Ranch Property sells more of these premier ranches than any other company out there. And, um, you know, we've just seen unprecedented demand and growth in this category over the last few years. You know, what are you, what are you seeing in the market Q1-22? We kind of talked a little bit about that overall yesterday, but in, in the ranching, ranch real estate, still a lot of demand for these types of ranches, not necessarily this size, but the larger premier ranches. Yeah. In Texas, there's still more demand than there is supply. Now there's, there's plenty of ranches in Texas, but there's a lot of families that have no interest in selling. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people that love uh, specifically. I live around the Dallas Fort Worth area. And if you want to be in this area, if you sell your place, you better know where you're going. Cause uh, all those properties are, are hard to replace. Um, we talk about this a lot, Mike. I mean, there's so many factors that are kind of contributing to what we're seeing in the Midwest now. And they're from, you know, social pressures, political pressures. Um, I know we hate to talk about COVID, but COVID did force yeah. a lot of people to seek uh, you know, kind of more space for their family mm-hmm. uh, away from big cities and uh, urban areas. And and so we're still seeing some of that. And then I think we're also from that, we're seeing that people have learned that they can, they can work remotely. And a lot of people don't want to go back to the lifestyle they had before where they were working in an office or, or whatever, uh, I think we're probably going to see that trend grow throughout time where people can live remotely and and work by satellite, so to say. Right. And, and improvements in technology are just helping that happen. And I totally agree with you. You know, I think it's it's less of a trend and more of a permanent cultural shift that's taken place in America over the last, you know, three to so years. And COVID did nothing but accelerate that and exa- exaggerate it. Yeah, I don't think we're looking at a phase. I do think we're definitely looking at a cultural change. Maybe it's maybe it's been there for a long time, and it's waited on utilities, um, access to internet, you know, just access to um, the the opportunity to present itself out there. So that uh, I, you know, Mike and I talked about this and Trina mm-hmm. in the studio yesterday, where I almost th- <clears throat> I almost think this pent up demand has been in the marketplace for a long time. But it just wasn't really available because the, the um, you know, fiber optics or internet, uh, water, electric, they just weren't out to a lot of these remote areas. And right. uh, now they're presenting their self and people are taking advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. And as far as who's buying these ranches, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of people go buy a ranch because they're moneymakers. You know, that's not who's buying the properties. So a lot of these ranches are getting broken up, and that's mm-hmm. heartbreaking to a lot of uh, true Texans, longtime Texans. And that's what's so rewarding about the four sixes being kept intact and and being kept intact for the foreseeable future. But, um, you know, there's contradictions to, to every case. Um, there's, there's ranches that do have like a ranch to table type consumer good that will help pay for the property, oil and gas royalties, et cetera. 
a lot of what we're seeing in the market with these big ranches are high net worth individuals or companies that have a big net gain in one business and they're buying a ranch um, for some tax deferred reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they can write that off to offset some gain. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of that in the marketplace in the bigger properties. Yeah. Very interesting. Just- the, what, what investors, when investors buy ranch real estate, the way that they make money with these ranches are asset appreciation over time. I mean, that, that's where, that's where the gold is. And so these property owners have to hold these ranches in order to get a return. And you talk about, you know, it's a great inflation hedge, you know, so you're, you're seeing a lot of money move into real estate and and tangible assets right now. Um, There's been a lot of money. I looked the other day, I went back, I think in the last five or so years, the market has doubled in value. Yeah. So people have all this money in, in Wall Street and they're like, hey, look, I got a bare minimum diversify, mm-hmm. especially in the face of, you know, what we're dealing with right now and inflation and where is that going to be going? So, yeah, I, I can see that driving this business, Don. Well, I think even existing <laughs> ranch owners right now are having to figure out ways that they can diversify or commercialize their ranches and add new revenue streams. You know, I watch what's going on in Eastern Oklahoma and the Osage with the Drummond Ranch. Um, and what, uh, I'll read Drummond, and I, I'm trying to think what her husband's name is, but uh, she's created this line of, you know, cooking shows and cookware called Pioneer Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you can see uh, you, you can see her on the Food Network. Um, I'm sure that some of that's been created out of maybe – just passion or, or desire to want to wanna go in that avenue. But that's obviously created a huge awareness and a revenue stream uh, for that ranch too. Their tax bases are going to go up and, you know, as they, as they struggle with um, the price of more acquisition of land as land cost goes up or the price of beef, you know, sometimes goes down. Um, it, uh, it can get challenging for some of these ranchers. Yeah, for sure. You know, to touch on a little bit of what Mike just said a minute ago, last year we saw an 18% increase in land value statewide. Wow. Texas is a big place. Yeah. And that that is nearly 20% growth is huge. And in some areas, I can tell you close to like the Metroplex of Dallas-Fort Worth, there's plenty of areas where that growth would have been a 40 to 60% increase in yeah. a single year. Yeah, I mean, that's just unprecedented. Yes. Yeah. People crazy. make money with land when, when we're experiencing moderate inflation. Yeah. And obviously, that's where we're at. And then there's a lot of people that just want the lifestyle. And if you can put your money in something that you can, something tangible that you can ju- go enjoy every weekend or live on and still have that money grow over time, I think people are seeing a, a real benefit to that. And that's another thing that's driving the market. Yeah, and, and definitely that's my retirement vision. You know, if I ever get in a position to retire, if I don't have to work until I'm 100. Just buy 100 yeah. some odd thousand acres of property in Texas. And enjoy it. Okay. Absolutely. Live on my investment. Stand on your investment. Mm-hmm. 
Mike, the great thing for you is you don't have to buy 100,000 acres. Just buy 1,000 acres and keep driving the same vehicle. Yeah, the old 68 <laughs> Scout. Get your truck back out. It'll yeah. feel like 100,000 acres every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Don, what's um, – so here, here's what I'd kind of like to wrap up with if you uh, if you got a few more minutes for us. Got anything in the pipeline? So uh, any any other nice sales, any any trophy properties or elite properties that you're working on? You know, I've got some buyers looking for some elite um, high-end type properties, uh, 50 to 100,000 acre type properties. And just like we talked about before with the supply shortage, we're really struggling to find those really good, clean ranch properties. Um, I was just telling Mike uh, – I executed a contract on a place uh, here this week that was nearly $30 million. And so a lot of exciting things going on um, here at, at Don Bell Properties. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, a lot of these ranches that have been on the market, they're getting smoked out right now. <clears throat> this very short supply. There's strong demand. If they're even somewhat reasonably priced and the numbers will will work on them or kind of work on them and they'll get close those those properties are getting under contract there's a large ranch out there we had a conversation about on the phone uh, with another broker the other day and at the at the tail end of the conversation i asked him i said so why don't you think this ranch is selling i already knew the answer to it and he goes i i don't know he man we it's been listed for six years i don't know that comes down to price, mm-hmm. man. There's, if you if you got a ranch on the market for six years in this kind of a market this, right yeah. now, I'm I'm just telling you that there's um, you either have one of two problems is uh, it, it it's price or there's something wrong with it that is is diminishing value. It has an environmental issue on it, and the price hasn't been adjusted out there to compensate for that. I was gonna say that still comes down to price, though. It's it the does. Price you it pay absolutely. To make it, available. it absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, one last thing I want to say is um, a lot of times I'll talk to property owners, and and the same goes for uh, this this segment of the industry, the ranching segment. If a, if a ranch owner is thinking about selling the ranch in the next couple of years, you know, I am from Louisiana, mm-hmm. as Don pointed out, uh, and, and they, uh, <laughs> and I didn't learn a lot. Uh, in college, but one thing I do remember <laughs> from, uh, but what, don't blame their education no, system. I, okay. It's all, it's all me. But one thing I do remember in, uh, my advanced LSU, uh, finance class was always buy low and sell high. Yeah. And you know, it, it is a, it, this is the opposite of a low market. So we'll call it a, a strong market. For ranch, there's a lot of demand out there. Mm-hmm. Prices are strong. You heard Don, 18% growth overall. So you will not be selling at the bottom of the market. You'll be selling at the top of the market. So if I was a ranch owner right now that was thinking about, hey, in the next couple of years, I'm going to unwind all or some of my ranch, uh, this is this is a good time to do it because you're going to be selling at the top of the market. So, yeah. you know, to your point, though, Don, you know, still – very challenging to to uh, get enough inventory for the demand that's out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, optimism, consumer optimism is the best thing that we can have going for our market. 
But um, right now with the feds uh, declaring that they're going to have multiple different incremental um, hikes on the interest rates this year, you know, we're going to probably see a little bit of a slowdown in properties in the, the mid to low range where people have to get financing in order to purchase those properties. The big legacy type ranches, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the, those type of properties are their cash, you know, so they're maybe not as affected with what the feds are doing and interest rates uh, as much as these low, uh, lower properties. But this is kind of a, a warning to property owners right now. I feel like we're kind of at the peak where if you've been sitting around wondering, you know, should I sell now or should I wait two more years? Gosh, if it's grown 18% in the last year, I'm going to sit out for another 40% growth. Well, you know, I, I don't know that that's entirely realistic. So I think there's never been a better time for people to put their places on the market than right now. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And that was the point I was trying to make as you you will be selling at the top of the market. When you look back in 10 years from now, as you always see the real estate uh, market, you know, has, has declines and growth uh, periods. And, you know, you've seen that over the last hundred years. Yeah. Um, we're definitely at one of those peaks. Yeah. You know, you'll look back at this time 10 years from now and you'll say, wow, that was a strong market. Well, the anticipation of those rate hikes, too, they can have a positive effect. They can create a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. The anticipation. The anticipation. Yeah. Absolutely. We see that, you know, a lot, um, uh, not to get too far off topic, we see that a lot in the oil and gas sector when we're trying to value minerals where they're coming in to drill in an area. A lot of times that that um, speculation and that anticipation of the market will drive prices the worst thing can happen is you wait too late. They drill a few dry holes in that area, and then they know. Nobody's excited and anymore. Yeah, that price, yeah. that 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 speculation goes down. It goes down the tubes pretty quick. So, um, pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. But I, I think Don, you're right on the money. I, I think the uh, the for the people that are going to have to borrow right now, they've already seen a couple of small hikes with the interest rates as that continues. This should be a great time to get your properties out on the market. Hit that demand out there and uh, not uh, not worry too much about what the future is. Take advantage of the present. Agreed. Man, this has been wonderful. This has been yeah. a great conversation. Uh, congratulations from from everybody that listens yes. to uh, to this show and and all of us here in the studio on on a tremendous sale. Um, Tell the listeners, if you would, if they want to visit with Don Bell or get a hold of United Country Don Bell Properties, how do they reach out to you? How, how could they contact you? Well, uh, first of all, Sean, thanks for having me on the show. And you, the best way to get in touch with me is uh, by my personal cell, and that is 903-651-5615. And my email is uh, very simple. It's donbell at donbellrealestate.com. So donbellrealestate.com, that'll get to your website, donbell at donbellrealestate.com. We'll get an email to him. You've got the phone number. Don, thank you so much for being in the studio with us today. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. That uh, wraps up this episode of The Sale Ring. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.
Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.